Asia Pacific currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning, good morning, listeners, and you were listening from a bit of a mellow song by Kate Vigo. Something has changed, but nothing much has changed here, has it, Giselle? That's not true, Pierre. Everything has changed. <laughs> Why must I correct your inaccuracies as we go to air? Every time, every <laughs> time. That's why we have.、Uh, The youthfulness and experience. <laughs> That's right.、Program. It's a very thorough fact-checking exercise we run here in the studio. Good morning, listeners. This is we should tell you this is our last show for the year. This Saturday, the seventeenth of December, we will be back in February. We'll give out those details at the end of the program. But what we thought we would do today is a bit of a, a year in review. We'll do the news from around the region because obviously there's been much activity、um, across Korea, the Middle East, etc. We'll, we'll just、um, provide you with that final update.、Uh, but of course, in the second part, we'll do a year in review to reflect on some of the major achievements, but quite frankly, also some of our setbacks across the region. That's right. That's right. And of course, if you want to know more about all all this information, you can always look at our website, which is the, all the W's at awl.org.au, Facebook, and Twitter. So、um, there you go. And I think I forgot to say my name is Pierre, but your usual people and Giselle's there, so、uh, <laughs> laughing away. But yes, that's right. So、um, stay tuned, and thanks to Solidarity Breakfast for another interesting program. So we'll go straight to our. First First news item: We go to Lebanon, where the Lebanese、uh, government marked International Human Rights Day, the 10th of December, by deporting Sujana Rana, a Nep- Nepalese migrant domestic worker who was involved in the struggle for the rights of migrant domestic workers in Lebanon. Now, a fellow labour worker activist, Rosie Limbang. Remains in custody, also facing the threat of deportation in Lebanon. An international campaign has been launched to stop the forced deportation of Rosie and calling for her immediate release. Now, obviously,、um, this crackdown on migrant workers in Lebanon is really only the tip of the iceberg, with millions of migrant workers all around West Asia、uh, continue to face brutal exploitation and repression. And we've covered it、uh, many times before on this program. But if you want more details,、uh, please see our website, and、uh, you'll see lots more stories. In Turkey, following the bloody attack against police in Istanbul by the Kurdistan Freedom Falcons, which killed 44 people, the Turkish government has continued its scorched earth policy of using any pretense to go after any real or potential political opposition. In the aftermath of this bombing, the Turkish government conducted a major sweep by rounding up hundreds of people, many of them members of the Kurdish People's Democratic Party. Included in these arrests were Kugla Demirel and、uh, Basim Konka, two HDP parliamentarians from the southeast regions of Turkey. Amid ongoing bombings by the Kurdistan Freedom Falcons, 
the PKK and ISIS and widespread government repression, the situation for workers in Turkey has deteriorated markedly. And um, we now go to next door to Iran, where a jail labour activist is facing more harassment. Um, Benhan Ebrahim Zadeh, a labour activist with the Committee to Pursue the Establishment of Workers' Organisation and a Children's Rights Advocate, is facing a new round of interrogations and harassment while in jail. Bannon was uh, has has been in jail since 2010. He was originally given a five-year sentence for the crime of organising, but because of his continual activism while he was in jail, he received a new extended sentence of nine years. Benham has been brutally treated while in prison, and recently his family have also been harassed while doing a prison visit. Iran has unfortunately become a prison gulag for labour activists with countless workers jailed for attempting to organise. In India, in early November, the government of Narendra Modi announced that they were withdrawing from circulation the 500 and 1,000 rupee notes. People had just 50 days to hand them into the banks. The stated intention by the government was to stop the cash economy and raise revenue. What is now being seen is that the, this edict is having a devastating effect on workers all over India. From the south in Tamil Nadu to the textile strongholds in the eastern region of Maharashtra to the foothills of the Himalayas in Uttarakhand state to the capital region of New Delhi, workers are either not being paid their salary or losing their jobs in the thousands. And of course, when I was in India... Um, In November this year, it was about a week after the introduction of this policy, and certainly it was foreseeable that that was going to be the impact. Yes, and uh, it's incredible reading some of the stories that the huge impact that it's had. And now, from what I hear, some other countries want to do the the same. Did I tell you that when I was there, we were taught, so that was five, Mm. six days after the introduction of the Mm. policy, and people are queuing up for hours, days, sleeping in queues. I think they were up to a count of about 50 people that had died in queues in that number of days from heat exhaustion, from other um, general poor health effects that if people were in their homes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Tragic. Um, now, unfortunately, we go to another tragic <coughs> story. I think we've got a bit of a tragic mini news at this week. Um, another worker has been killed at a Bangladeshi's shipbreaking yard. Earlier this month, Shan Jahan was killed while working on a container ship in Chittagong, Bangladesh, when he was struck in the head by a large piece of iron. As with many other workers, Shah was not provided with any safety gear or heavy lifting equipment. Unfortunately, his death is only the latest one to hit the Chittagong sheep breaking yards where unions are heavily repressed. And of course, um, as we brought to you on this program, this death only comes after, a few weeks after the horrific explosion and fire at the Ghadani sheep breaking yards in Pakistan that claimed around 30 um, workers. And in Korea on Wednesday this week, the Seoul High Court upheld the jailing of Han Sung-kyun, the president of the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions, for the crime of organising demonstrations. The court sentenced Han to three years' imprisonment with a fine, which is a reduced penalty from the one he received a few months back. Nevertheless, this once again shows the political nature of the legal attacks against the powerful South Korean workers' movement. 
In light of the massive anti-President Park mobilisations and her subsequent impeachment, this ruling shows that the Korean working class is still facing hard battles ahead. Now, given that his sentence was cut from five to three years, is that a good news story, Giselle? Does that qualify? No, it says that the battle is alive. So it's it's not... It, you, this is a big question that you've asked me, Pierre. So, um, it, short answer, concise. No, I think we're holding. I think we're holding position, but it says it, it doesn't mean we're wiped out of the battle. It says that it's still alive. That's how I read it. All right, no worries. All right, as the last item in the news, we go to the Philippines, where in a long-running saga, the um, the there was crew members from uh, a Philippine tuna. Uh, company of the Citramina group in earlier this year were actually detained by Indonesian waters for illegal fishing. Now, unfortunately, the the, the ship company basically um, forces the 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 fishermen to go and raid other countries' um, fishing areas. But they the company basically just abandoned these um, these fishermen, and the captain was left in jail in Indonesia, even though he had a very um a, a very serious illness now unfortunately uh, captain wilfredo died uh, last month in uh, indonesian jail as a result of the his illness and now the company has also uh, not only saying that that wasn't their fault but basically they're even refusing to help the family to repatriate their body back to the philippines for a burial so um that's um that's not another good news to store to finish up, is it, Giselle? We should have, uh, but maybe we can we can give some um, a, a better roundup for a, for the end of the year roundup. I think I think we can treat our listeners with a bit more respect. I think they too are feeling the uh, the pressures of the economic crisis. It's important to confront the reality of the situation in the world and ready us for battle. That's right, and this is the the reality. We st- we are still in the truth era. <laughs> Freedom and safety are two of the most important values shared by our community. As the largest independent human rights organisation for refugees and people seeking asylum in Australia, the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre delivers more services on the ground and more free hours of support to where it's needed most. A donation of $20 to the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre provides two weeks of food for a family over the holiday season. Please donate now at asrc.org.au or call 1300-DONATE. The Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is a proud 3CR supporter. We'll be at your side forevermore. Does that not just fill your heart with joy, dear listener? 
That's right. That's right. That's an uplifting type of, of announcement. It's just on... Uh, 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents with Pierre and Giselle. And we're about to go into a, a year in review, Pierre. I think we can't go past as our first item. Ooh. Yeah, this is unscripted, by the way. So, well, don't tell the listeners that. <laughs> Let them think we don't know how to read from our notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we don't. A <laughs> hundred and eighty million. I, I, I know the activists yeah. in Korea are sorry in India are a little bit like, oh, comrades, we're not sure if that's quite accurate, but we're running with it. A hundred and eighty million for the second um, of September general strike in India, right across the country. No, I think that's that's yes, that, that is something to talk about, to celebrate, and actually to mark because given you know all the things that have happened in the world this year, all the space in the papers and the news about all other kinds of events, you know, you'd be hard put to actually find out that there was a general strike in India, and they had. At least 150 million, but we'll go with 180 million. Which I mean, and this is what's so remarkable about it. You know, the difference between 150 and 180 million is still bigger than the population of Australia. And I think um, 30 million, the difference 30 million would also still be like the second biggest strike ever in world history, apart from the Indian strikes over the last few years that have been over 100 million. of course, that figure is, I mean, when we're comparing it to numbers in Australia and other smaller smaller populated countries, it is staggering. But I think it's also important to remember the context in India as well. The election of the BJP government, um, which uh, many people, and I, I am one of those people who would argue that that is in fact a fascist government um, that is uh, spreading Hindu chauvinism across the country. We're seeing raids on people's homes um, under the mere suspicion that they might be eating beef Um Raids on abattoirs as well, under the suspicion that they might be killing um, beef. So, you know, that is that cattle. is the uh, yeah. All right. So, so what beef is when you eat it, and and cattle is when you kill it. Okay, <laughs> the, the phase of the life cycle of a cow. I'm sorry. And I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> so. I just eat what puts what gets put in front of me. Uh, apologies, listeners. It's um, but. But, I mean, so people being attacked in their homes, people being attacked in their workplaces and and f- fascism, so this um, anti-Muslim, um, pro-Hindu chauvinism is being directly used to try and break the workers' movement. And they can get and have a strike <clears throat> of 180 million. And to me, it just sounds, it just again, you know, what is wrong with our movement? Oh, no. It shows the weakness of our movement when such a historic, and it is historic, um, the fact that, you know, if you look at general strikes in the world and the numbers and even like the percentage, I mean, if that is actually somewhere between around 15% of the population, of the total population of India, I mean, India's, I don't know, 1.2 billion uh, people, so 180 million is well over 10%, about 13 of the total. So it's probably 20, 25% of the working population. And, um, and it is historic. And the, the global trade union movement, the global workers' movement, 
hardly batted an eyelid to to celebrate it. I mean, we should have all been celebrating it in our workplaces to think our our comrades did such a huge huge strike. Uh, now, and we can talk about how effective it was and and all those kinds of things, but that's uh, that, that's further on. But the fact they actually had it um, was fantastic, and the fact that it hasn't had much of an echo, I think it's also incredibly interesting. Um, but yeah, so I think that's um, that was a very good point to start off the the, the celebration and. Um, you know, something like that in, in India, the fact that, you know, and they have had other general strikes in the last few years with, you know, huge numbers as well, really um, brings up the other sort of major area, you know, in our region where you can see, and, and I'm talking about China, where, you know, China in terms of industrialization is um, years and years ahead of, of, of India. And the amount of workers they have there is even greater. Um, but we hear so little. Strikes are often quickly um, rep- repressed or finished quickly. Labor activists get jailed. But there seems to be very little movement within China. Or even, um, you know, I don't think... Correct me but if China, I'm wrong. China's got a different history to to India. You, I mean, you can't remove that context from you know the labor labor movement develops in battle. It doesn't develop in a in a vacuum. So it's not a matter of where you put workers and where you put factories. A labor movement develops like the it, it, that it it is the battle that gives the resistance. That, I totally agree with with that. But it's also the fact that the. Um, there's very little that comes out from China that we know of. Um, I think you know it's again from the from a global level for the working class movement. If you looked at a well, where should workers get organised? You know, where could we do solidarity with? You would think hmm, China is a slightly important place. Yes, but the capitalists <laughs> agree, which is why it's really hard. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, I was trying to keep. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, you know, who knows? Maybe one day in the future we'll be able to um, get an interview with a labour activist from inside China. Yeah, maybe. and then they get killed. There is a reason we don't do that. <laughs> that's right. But I'm saying I was assuming that the day that we will do that, it will be safe. I uh, yeah. I get you. All right. I'm picking up what you're putting down, Pierre. That's good. That's good. All one, right. Let- yeah. Well, one of the tendencies when we do a news roundup unscripted and without notes is that I tend to focus on the stuff that's recently happened because my memory doesn't – I always get December, January, like the first half of the year falls to. into the previous year for me. So, But I do want to talk about a significant – event um, that happened on the 19th of November in, in Malaysia, and that was Bursay 5.0. Um, and we've seen – so so Bursay was a movement, you'll recall, listener, that um, I, I think they started organising in 2006, but the first demonstration was 2007. And this is um, – we saw like 20,000 Malaysians come out on the street and this was in a context of this absolute suppressed labour movement. You know, so the ISA, the Internal Security Act of um, 
post-independent, all of that pretty much wiped out the Communist Party, all of the left, etc. So we didn't see much activity in Malaysia until around 2007. It's like it exploded, came up from nowhere almost. And then in two thousand this year, two thousand and sixteen. So the the focus of the campaign is still the same. That that being clean and fair elections is this anti corruption movement. But this year they called for the resignation of Prime uh, Pre- President Najib, Prime Minister. Prime Minister Najib, because of you know his. Um, pilfering or stealing, so we'll just call it what it is, stealing billions of dollars from Malaysian um, from Malaysians, basically. And, of course, we saw the arrest. 15, 15 of our comrades got arrested the day before. So still that tactic um, that we saw under the um, Internal Security Act of just basically finding your opposition leaders, picking them up, locking them up and taking them out of circulation, except 40,000 people still protested. So, I mean, it does show that there is something there regardless of, ta- of whether you take the leaders out or not. That's right. Uh, that's right. There is <clears throat> dynamics that uh, can continue and sometime, you know, while we focus on, on particular events, the dynamics and the social uh, struggles continue over many years, up and down, you have to say, you know, that's right. And certainly for a, uh, a downer, I'm afraid, we can go next door to the Philippines where in the last six months Giselle's just shaking her head. Thinking, I mean, it's abhorrent. What to say? Are we? I mean, can anybody keep accurate figures anymore? I mean, last count was 6,000. 6,000 right. people murdered on the streets under the, in gu- the Philippines. In the under the guise of this war on terror. War on drugs. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. war on drugs. Not that it really matters because they're just being killed. Um, yeah, look, I think your initial comment, abhorrent, what else could we actually say? Uh, mass murder, um, terror. It's actually a, a climate of terror. It, it's state-sanctioned terrorism, I think, you know. Um, but what's interesting is how polarised Filipinos are about it. So if you're not the target... Then, or, or you know, you look like and smell like and could be one of the targets. Then, the the propaganda machine is actually being very successful because ordinary middle class Filipinos are saying, "Oh well, you know, drugs are destroying our community, and you know, we do need a government that is going to um, sort that out." So it, it is that we're in that period of strong man politicians again, you know, or dictators that are going to come in and just do stuff. That's right. And look, and it's really, and of course, you know, we've said it before, we'll say it again. I mean, this war on drugs, these killings are affecting the working class communities in the Philippines, no one else. Um, And it's hard to see when it's going to stop and how it's going to stop. And, you know, like, yeah, I agree with you. It's abhorrent. And it's, there's no words really to to really describe how it would be like. Um, And then, of course, the prisons are overflowing in the Philippines. That's about, they're just going to kill them. That's how that one ends. Well, of course, I mean, the interesting thing, the ironic thing is um, prisons are always full of drugs, you know, and especially where, like, they're overflowing, you know, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, let's go. 
We, I mean, there are there, we've got five minutes. Yeah. There are places we must cover. We must go to Syria. We must do um, South Korea. We must do Thailand. There are three we can't right. finish the show without and covering. And Turkey. Okay, Turkey. One minute each. Go. You can choose the first one. <laughs> Um, Syria, I, I don't even know what to say about Syria, and I think it's. Ne- I think the time has come for AAWL to acknowledge in relation to Syria, a- AAWL being a united front organisation that brings together all of the different political perspectives of the Labor movement together on joint actions, and at this stage, actions that are related to um, international industrial action, workers' rights, those issues. Right now, it is really hard to find that united front position in relation to Syria. And I think that demonstrates how effective that particular war is in relation to breaking the workers' side internationally. Um, yes, I agree. And, and especially on that last bit, I think the, the the disaster of Syria is really a reflection of the weakness of of the left. Um, and how we haven't been able to to really do anything to understand it, and and you know we still we still seem to be stuck at at the, at the start, and um, and even the the labour movements nearby, and I'm thinking, well, Egypt, we know where that's that's gone with the repression there, but even in Turkey, uh, the repression there now, and as we brought in the mini news, is massive, and I think. Um, my feeling, and you know, would be that the progressive labour movement in Turkey is probably just trying to survive. Yeah, I I think that's true. I mean, there's not a lot we can say about about this. It's a, I mean, and like I said, that's the period that we're moving into, where some things can't be said for the life and protection of people yeah. in that country. Oh, look, I mean, it, it's ob- you just have to look what's happening and it's obvious that the, the workers are under incredible pressure in, in, in Turkey. Um, you know, the only uh, workers that I can see that are still moving whatever are the ones in Iran in prison because <coughs> the repression can't really get much worse. So, so very quickly moving to Thailand, I, I have a controversial question to ask you go for it do you think we've lost entirely in thailand is our side gone our side is never gone okay even good answer (laughs) even in the in the concentration camps in the deepest years of nazi germany or in the gulags you can say we are being terribly beaten and we are almost gone but the struggle that those social dynamics continue. Me and you might be dead, but the next ones will will rise up. It might take a long time. South Korea, they're certainly giving the capitalists a run for their money there. I think that's very, very interesting because Yes, I think they they've they've done fantastic um I mean the impeachment of Park is Yeah, you know. But now but well this is now I think this is very interesting because um, in some ways, you can even go, you know, to sort of Thailand. I mean, if they get rid of the military, well, what's next? Here they've got rid of the president. I mean, different situation. But what is next, you know, um, because the ruling party is still there. So who are they going to have as president? Blah, blah, blah. And- <laughs> that is a perfect note to end on. What's next? What comes next? 
Comrades, it, it is it's 29 minutes past nine o'clock, which means we do have to go. But obviously the struggle continues and um, AWL is not closing down for the year. Uh, our radio show is and our mini news is. We're still contactable. So if you need us, get us on email. And certainly we're um, following events internationally because we think there is going to be movement. But if you want to know what's next, oh, you'll yes. have to listen to us again in February next year. That's right. Our first show back is Saturday, February the 5th. It's always the first Saturday in February. So thanks for all of your support, your um, financial support, your listening support, your political support for our program over the last um, year. We'll be back next year for more news, current affairs and analysis from the Asia-Pacific region. And have a great, safe and healthy Merry Christmas, Happy New Year holiday break. And that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.